Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Focus on the livestock today. What's been going on in this market? If you look at the screen, nice numbers are seen once again today on the trade. But how much of yesterday's influence and the macros and the huge cash feeder movement that we're seeing, how is this all playing into this first full week of trading in 21? We're going to get all the details today as Kyle Bumstead joins us. He is with Allendale. And I think I want to start talking here, Kyle, is... Can this cat, cattle market on the futures go higher? Well, I, I think, first of all, thanks for having me back, Susan. But I, uh, as you know, and, and as a lot of listeners know, I've been bullish this cattle complex for quite some time here, the last four to six weeks. Uh, you know, I've been bullish these deferred live cattle. And, and uh, with this corn market hitting close to that $5 mark, I'm even more bullish the deferred live cattle. And, uh, you know, looking at it at face value yesterday coming in here, I didn't, didn't really do much, just kind of a watch day yesterday. You want to see how the first day of trade kind of takes off here. And you got outside day lower and, the macro markets, there's a lot of the political stuff going on here this week, and and uh, some of that was bleeding into the stock market and the equities and, and things like that. And uh, we had the outside day lower, and boy, Katie barred the doors because she's going lower. And then today you come back here, and some will call today in Feb cattle an outside day higher. I would have liked to have seen these Feb cattle close above yesterday's highs, uh, but we did go down, poke through yesterday's lows, and settled higher almost near yesterday's highs. So some will call that a reversal day, some will not. But uh, the big the big move yesterday was in the feeder cattle complex, and uh, you know we saw feeders down over four dollars, and rightfully so. You know the the seasonal for feeders cash feeders here the first couple weeks in January, the first week for sure, typically has cash feeders higher because you're getting the new you know new year, new mentality. Feed yards haven't bought anything for a couple weeks. There hasn't been any country sales. Typically, you see them higher, but uh, the board was lower yesterday, and uh, we, get, we, we gained about half of that back. But there are so many cash feeders moving out there right now. There's so many sale barns, video sales, auctions, adding extra days here to their sale lists in the month of January because there's so many feeders that were held last fall because either ranchers didn't like the price or there were some tax issues and things like that. So they stuck them in the yard, added some value to them, and now it's time to say, hey, we got to do something. We've got to move the cattle. We've got we've got we've got things to do here. We, we've got to move them because I'm not set up either to feed, or I'm going to start calving pretty soon. So it's time to move feeders, and that's what you're seeing here. I mean, the index the, the index yesterday, you know, the, for the cattle going into the, the index number today. I mean, you had over 10,000 head of index cattle, which isn't uncommon. But there's going to be a lot more coming here in January than I think the trade is anticipating. So you say that for that cattle producer, it's like, dang it, I really need to move these. But knowing that there's such an increase in flux in the market, what's the best option for them to do? Do we try to hold or do we just, you know, join everybody else in the party? Well, I, I think I, I think to answer that question, Susan, you have to look at your own situation because everybody's situation is different. I could see cash feeders dropping off here unless... Now, today you saw something. You saw these deferred live cattle contracts hold this feeder cattle board up here from selling off some more. And that's what we need to consistently see is we need to see these back month fats here keep working higher to keep this feeder cattle complex, you know, from, from completely collapsing on itself. So if these deferred live cattle contracts keep this thing going, I would say we'd be this feeder cattle complex will be okay. But right now it's initial sticker shock when you're getting cattle custom fed somewhere and you've placed some feeders, and if you've placed them in the south and you're sitting there paying five, five fifty, maybe even six dollars a bushel for catch corn, right in that checkout every month, you're gonna say, Whoa, that's gonna back off the price of the feeders initially. But long term, 
it's going to keep some weight off these deferred live cattle. It's going to it's going to keep them from feeding 15, 16, 1700 pounds in the north, maybe back down to that 13, 1400 weight, and keep some tonnage off the market. So how much of an influence then are we seeing with the way these grains have played as of late as, as guys are looking at the long-term picture in the next couple of months? Could it cause some nervousness? Well, mm-hmm. it, it could. It could. And, again, that all depends on your situation because I've, I've talked with some guys, you know, as far as they're, they're not worried about the feeder cattle. They're going to buy feeder cattle because they always buy feeder cattle. And it all it all kind of depends on their financial situation. Can they afford to keep feeding cattle, or can they not, or do they have to sell the corn instead? Um, or did or are they like us? Did you roll it, put it in a pile? Did you chop it, put it in a pile? It, you know, is that your avenue to get rid of it? Is walking it off the farm? You know, so everybody's got their their feed inputs valued differently. But the ones that are buying feed right now in the cash market, that's where the question remains. Do I want to feed or do I want to just sell the corn or, or do I want to just sit out a turn here and see what happens? It's obviously a lot of discussion, a lot of pencil pushing to decide what your next move is going to be. Knowing, maybe looking mm-hmm. at past history of how the markets do this first couple of weeks in a new year? Yeah, you, you know, look, looking at it here... Like I, like I said, you, you're really going to have to know your break-evens. You're going to have to know your input costs for darn sure on these cattle coming in here and, and get in place. But if this thing is in an inflationary mode, as far as what we've seen happen in grains, you know, crude oil kind of come to life today. We're trading over $50 in crude oil. Now, that's just today so far. But longer term, if there's an inflationary play coming into the cattle complex, I would say that there's probably some some light at the end of the tunnel here as far as, you know, far out there. It may not it may not happen till the second half of 2021, but at some point in time, I think that the cattle and the hogs to you know to an extent are going to start joining the joining the party here. So, flip the gears a little bit. You're a buyer and you're at you're going to all these different sale barns and making these purchases of, of feeder cattle. <laughs> Good time for you. I mean, you've got a nice selection that's coming through that sale ring. Well, yeah, and and like I said, there's just there's just so many there there's so many feeders coming to town right now, and you've got to get some of the some of the diehard corporate some of the diehard corporate buyers are going to be here first because that's how they that's how they their business model works. They've got to have something in that yard all the time. Now, if you're a producer who likes to feed something you can add value to, you might be able to get some uh, get some good cattle bought here towards the end of the month when everybody gets tired and nobody wants any more cattle. If the weather starts to change a little bit. That's a big one, too, up here in the Northern Plains, especially. Our weather has been great up here for feeding calves and, and starting calves and backgrounding calves and, and the fats here this winter. We haven't had a tough winter, so it's been really We have a lot more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here, Yo Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing the conversation looking at the livestock side of everything with Kyle Bumstead. And, of course, Kyle is with Allendale. Let's look. We kind of left off on, on, a, on a couple different notes, but I want to rewind a little bit. Because at the beginning, you talked about the day we saw yesterday. Obviously, a big outside day on the trade. Does that set the tone for this week, even going into next week, since we're into a new, new calendar, new quarter, new everything? Mm-hmm. Well, it's completely possible, but <clears throat> when you look at the way not just the livestock has been behaving, but corn, beans, commodities in general, you we've seen negative chart formations by outside days lower on our daily charts, which you can't ignore, only to come back and have positive outside days higher the next day or something along those lines. So I can't necessarily say it's going to be changing the trend or starting a new trend, but 
it seems like the money flow has ignored negative signals in the market up to this point. Now, moving here towards the end of the week, first part of next week, we have the Goldman Roll coming up uh, uh, ahead of us here. You know, um, will will we be leaving? We'll we'll be leaving the front month Feb contracts in both the, the live cattle and the lean hogs, and moving those to the April. The April will be the uh, lead month contract here, probably by. Uh, this time next week in both live cattle and lean hogs, whereas March feeders are the lead contract right now because January's only got a few days left on the index. And uh, you get another 20 days on the March, we'll be moving those to the April as far as the lead contract too. So does the money flow stay in the livestock complex, which I think it will. I think that the livestock is undervalued here. Both live cattle, feeder cattle, and the lean hog complex are undervalued at these levels, especially if we're basing this on a food inflation play. But you know, you've also got to, you've got to respect if money's made some money and they want to take it off the table, they can do that too. Now we've seen here on our past commitments to traders here, the one that was released here after the holiday yesterday afternoon, that they've been buyers in the live cattle, feeder cattle, and the lean hog complex. So it does it does feel like they're keeping some underlying support in the meat. So looking at this hog market, this is nothing to kind of sneeze or, or close your eyes at. They've got some nice things happening within their market as well. Well, that's right. You know, we, we traded a range from around that 64.10 to about 68, 68 and a half for the longest time down there. And if you want to get technical, um, some are calling today and yesterday a potential double top in the Feb lean hogs. Um, I, I look at it as we've maybe put in a potential double bottom on the Feb lean hog contract. And, uh, you know, we're looking at the weights out there. Um, been talking with some producers and looking at the hogs here. You know, we've been carcass weights around 215 to 216. And uh, that those are producer weights. Now, packer weights have been around that 226 area. And you've got packers killing producer hogs right now. And they've been calling around looking for more pigs. So, to me, that's not bearish. To me, that says, okay, there's some potential upside here in the hog complex. Not only that, but when they look at cattle and hogs as a whole, we can have those readily available into food for people. If, if, that, if that absolutely is a food inflation play, those will be the, the those you can you can convert those into food fairly quickly. I mean, quicker than you can convert corn and soybeans into food for human consumption. You can convert livestock into into human consumption fairly quick. So, I look at that aspect too. That you know, I feel they're undervalued not only from a money and an open interest standpoint. Open interest in the cattle complex is still about thirty percent, twenty five to thirty percent under where it was a year ago, and that just tells me that there's more room to the upside if we want to get some value players in here down at these levels. Because the same thing happened in both corn and soybeans late this summer nobody was there to participate in the market open interest was down nobody wanted to participate so we're kind of sitting there right now in this cattle complex we've seen the volume pick up but open interest hasn't changed here the first day or two much there hasn't changed much the first day or two here in these in the live cattle lean hog contracts so looking over the grains looking over the the livestock complex and the way this dollar has been trading what are your thoughts as we as we head into the second half of this week well I think that the, you know, the dollar, our dollar tanking is only going to help our export market that much more. And we've, as we've seen, we've been exporting a lot of beef. We've been exporting a fair amount of pork here as of recently too. So I, I, I lean to think that that's going to keep helping us out here a little bit too. But one thing that would help, as we all know, we need to get our restaurants back open, open back up here. But a plus side is the weather has been beautiful, as I mentioned in the first segment. So people will still grill. And I know you've got ribeyes that are six ninety nine a pound at some of the, some of the retailers. I, I saw some retailers over the weekend, uh, this past weekend here over the holiday doing some shopping with the family and stuff. You know, six ninety nine, 
seven ninety nine a pound for ribeyes, that's cheap. So you can feed a family of five or a family of six fairly cheap by just going to the grocery store, grabbing some steaks, and firing up the grill. And the weather's conducive to it, too. We're not sitting here with, with a foot of snow on our deck. Right. And we're starting to get really used to that, eating at home versus eating out. Well, and, and that's right. And, you know, like I've, like I've said in the past, uh, you know, talking about restaurants, restaurants have a lot of waste. So when you when you have it for home consumption, you really don't waste near what you do at the at the restaurant. So that's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle. You can call me here at the office in Erickson at 308-708-7340. Thanks so much. Kyle Bumstead joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That's the Tuesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and Spotify as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.